and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plastering, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only, Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 208, and before we get going, just want to say a huge thank you to Ross Embleton for giving up his Sunday night. Yes, absolutely, deserve a round of applause. He gave up his whole Sunday night to be with us and to give us the invaluable insight and the real deep thought process that he goes through before he makes decisions. And I think it's fair to say that uh, he doesn't make knee-jerk decisions and react in a um, disproportionate manner. He's very thoughtful about what he's trying to do and how he's trying to achieve that. Uh, we know it's the longest one we've done at three hours, so thanks to everybody who took the time to to listen to that. Um, kept you going for a few train journeys, no doubt. But how could we pass possibly pass up the opportunity Absolutely. to get the inside info from our head coach? You know, we're not restricted because of yeah another show following us like you do get on uh, radio shows, for example. So um, you know, we we're not going to stop Ross from from giving us that insight Absolutely. and also uh, having the opportunity to put questions that we really want to know the answers to and finding out um, those answers as well. This week, uh, this show is on a diet. Um, it's going to be much shorter. We've only got the one game. <laughs> We've got a quick news roundup for you of what's happened in the last seven days. We've got quite a lot of fan views, particularly after yesterday's match. So I think without further ado, let's crack on. And as always, we start the show with a thanks to our sponsors. Yeah, so our sponsors are AJF Plastering, an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is they offer 15% off for all O's fans, players and staff. You all know this by now. So for more information and the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can email ajfplastering at outlook.com or you can visit AJF Plaster on Facebook or Big Ads LOFC on Twitter. And if you were at the match yesterday and you bought a program, you would have seen a big half a page spread for AJF Plaster as they sponsored yesterday's game. So a massive thank you to Adam from myself and Paul for having us up in Absolutely. the gallery Great with you. Experience. Lovely meal, great view of the game, which obviously we'll come to talk about. And although I agree with Adam's man of the match decision from yesterday, quite a lot of you didn't. And that will be rectified in quite a few tweets. Yeah, I, I said to him that no, it, it had to be Brophy, but he went with the majority from uh, a group of fans that were in uh, in a WhatsApp group Absolutely. with him. So, yeah. So, supporters club updates in two trips coming up. So, firstly, we visit Cheltenham Town Saturday, the 15th of Feb. Coaches leave the supporters <coughs> club at 8 30, 3 o'clock kickoff. This one is £30 for adults. £27 for concessions and following this on Saturday 29th of Feb we travel to Forest Green Rovers there are now two coaches for this one they both leave 8.30am again at 3 o'clock kickoff. flat fare £25 all categories as a leap year treat these trips will cost an additional £3 if you aren't a member and is it under 16s because travel half price? it is under 16s yes thank under you for letting us know yeah. travel for half price and these prices do not include your match day ticket. So to book for any of those trips that we've spoken about, you can visit the support club on a match day, pre or post match, or by calling the travel line on 077 123 Nicely done. The next quiz at the supporters club will be on Sunday the 5th of April. Doors for that one opening at 5 o'clock, with the quiz starting at 6 o'clock. And if you remember from last week's show, Ross Embleton said... What an absolute great <laughs> quiz host he did, well, Lee remember. is. So you will be in for a, a treat with that. So the cost of this is only eight quid ahead, with a maximum of eight in a team, with half-time sandwiches included. And all the money raised is going to go to the O's Youth and the Ladies Football Team. You can book for this one by contacting Lee Deering. He's on Twitter. Gorillas1985 is his uh, Twitter handle. You can email lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk or you can pop into the supporters club and see Lee or David to book your team in. So to round off quite a big supporters club update, there is still time to book your place at an evening with Ross Embleton 
on Wednesday the 19th of February. So three hours, two minutes wasn't enough for you last week. You can go and ask the man a question himself. If you've still got questions that weren't answered (laughs) or you've got more questions off the back of that, then you need to be at this event. So doors open at 6.45. This starts at half seven. And you can book for this one by finding Karen Harrison in the Supporters Club on any match day or by giving her an email at k.harrison at leightonorient.net. And that's two R's and one S in Harrison. Um, just so that you don't get the email address wrong. So moving on then, a bit of AOB for you this week. Valentine's Day is this coming Friday. It's a reminder to everybody. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, Carol Langley Flores are giving 10% off to Orient fans, staff, players and your fantastic podcast uh, <laughs> listeners as well. You can find Carol Langley Florist there at Station Road, number 33, Station Road in Chingford, E47BJ, or you can contact them by calling 0208 529 4130, or you can book online at www.carol, with an E on the end, Langley, I'll spell that out for you, C-A-R-O-L-E-L-A-N-G-L-E-Y.co.uk. And to cap off our AOB thanks to Mark at MD Orient 67 and at Corgi Eddie for their kind reviews on iTunes over the last week. So at the end of the episode, we asked for iTunes reviews. So thank you, gentlemen, for your two reviews following the Ross Embleton episode 72 now. So most of them are nice five stars. Nice to get to 100, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to get to 100 by the end of the season. So come on, get reviewing the, your favourite podcast and give us a nice five-star review and a comment. Absolutely. So we're going to now move on to Monday, the 3rd of February. We've renamed this Ruel Monday uh, in honour uh, of him, as uh, this day is pretty much about him. So Ruel was named the e- in the EFL Team of the Week following his two-goal performance against Stevenage. The accolades and plaudits kept coming in as he was also voted as the Quest League 2 Player of the Weekend. So it wasn't just the EFL, it was the Quest TV as well. So well done, to Ruel. Yeah, and it didn't really stop there as he's about to win some more awards. So in the afternoon, the club announced the nominees for player and goal of the month for January. So the player nominations were Oos CC, Marvin Ekpeteta, George Marsh and Ruel Satoru. And the winner with 53% of the votes, so over half of the voting population voted for Mr Satoru. So well done to Ruel. Yep, and goal of the month, there were three options here. Leanne goal's penalty against Grimsby, Josh Wright's penalty against Northampton and Ruel's goal against Newport County. And obviously it won't come as any surprise <laughs> to you um, that, that Ruel won for his goal against Newport uh, was named goal of the month. Yeah, so four awards there on the Monday for Ruel, hence the renaming. It goes back to course on Monday, probably next week, and I yeah. say if it happens tomorrow. So to, moving on to Huey Tuesday, the 4th of Feb, and a happy 50th birthday to ex Oloni, friend of the pod, the promotion winning Kevin Campbell. So happy birthday to Kev. I'm sure you have. If you haven't listened, we interviewed Kevin about three months ago. It's only about 58 minutes. Great hour interview all about Kev's time at the Orient and slightly more. He tells great stories uh, and a really fascinating and insightful interview into what was a season that will be forever remembered at the Oza still one promotion another guy two-legged playoff final yeah another guy who you might think is big time but when you actually speak to him he is like the nicest guy absolutely is he's so down to earth there is no big time Charlie with him he's just a nice guy and he just remembers his time at Orient really really fondly Um, in the afternoon on Tuesday the 4th of February in the afternoon the reserves uh, were in action as they faced AFC Wimbledon in the Central League Cup at where FC and the team lined up as follows. Arthur Janata was uh, was in goal. We then had Marfo, Coulson, Widdison, Sweeney, uh, Shabani, Kiprianu, Dayton, Harold, Ifianyi, and Dunbar Bonnie in the lineup. Yeah. So the O's fell behind to a strike from Tommy Wood, but responded instantly with an equaliser from that goal machine Joe Widdison. <laughs> And then took the lead shortly after through Matt Harold, which is how the game stayed until half-time and throughout the second half as the O's saw out the game and won 2-1. So for me, good workout for players like Coulson, <coughs> Widowson, Dayton, Harold, all getting 90 minutes. Yeah. You know They'll be needed time and time again over the season, so it keeps them fit. Good for confidence. Good to see Harold get a goal. And Widowson, who knew? Two who goals knew? this season. Yeah. Fantastic. He's like got more goals this season than any other time in the last <laughs> yeah. 10 years. It's so not fair, hard though. Absolutely. Fair play to him. And I agree, it's good for the workout. And that's obviously why 
obviously why they've done that and good to get some competitive minutes. It means something, you know, to 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 take that win. So all good there. So we move on then to Wednesday the fifth of February. It's a quiet day uh, at the O's, but Orient Loney Shadrach Ogi's goal was voted the Dover goal of the month for his driving run and finish against Aldershot in January. That is a cracking goal. That is on social media. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Yeah, well it's done, good, It's a good goal. Yeah. Really good goal. Did very, very well at, uh, at Dover. So moving on, Thursday, the 6th of February. Happy birthday to friend of the podcast and O's fan, Adam Conway, who presented a couple times um, last year. So well done to add on another year older. He did. He co-hosted very well. Mooney Friday then, the 7th of February. Quiet day at the club. No news to report. So we move on to Saturday the 8th of February. Yeah, flying through this at the moment. So we'll start by saying a happy birthday to Dave Philby, who we saw in the Supporters Club post-match uh, yesterday. Now. In the uh, Legends uh, Lounge. No, you're right. Yeah, 1881. So happy birthday to Dave. We hope you had a great day. So moving on then to the uh, main event of the day, which was Macclesfield Town at home. And every Thursday before the game, we run a Twitter poll to find out how you think the O's will get on. And after 368 votes in 24 hours, we had 8% lose and 8% draw. And by far in my memory recollection, the biggest swing for a single vote at 84%. This went for a win, yeah. That's how convinced people were that we were going to win. Did you vote? Yeah, win. <sighs> I've not been wrong. I've not been that wrong so far. <laughs> At least we didn't lose. So as always, a massive thank you for all your votes. So at 2pm the team was announced as follows with Vigoru in goal at the back. George Marsh, Dan Happy, Marvin Ekpetetta, James Brophy in midfield, Usi Say, Craig Clay and Josh Wright and then the three up top, JMD, Will Satoriu and Connor Wilkinson and the bench consisted of Sam Sargent, Joe Widowson, Josh Coulson, Hector Kiprianu, James Dayton, Lee Angle and Danny Johnson. Yeah, so that's an unchanged starting lineup from the O's uh, for the O's uh, from the uh, Stevenage match with only uh, the only change being uh, on the bench as James Dayton returned from suspension and replaced the injured Matt Harold. Your thoughts on that? No surprises for me that one. I- Barring any injuries, you knew Ross would pretty much play the same team because the quality of the performance against Stevenage was so good the previous yeah. week. So, no surprises. And then crew before that as well. So that, that yeah. consistency. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Yeah, I think my views are very well known on an unchanged side. And I think Ross has pretty much said the formation that he sees the team playing is a four. He sees it as a four-three-three. So, you know, we've all called for the four-four-two at various points throughout the season. But I thought Ross explained himself quite good, quite well in last week's uh, podcast so yeah I couldn't see any changes coming a few tweets when the team was announced PM31970 so it's good to meet you Paul Uh, again yesterday who said good to keep faith with a winning team yeah uh, Laney Roberts said is it me or since Vigaru the defence um, the defence looks so much better because of his experience in goal I have to say I think there is an element of that that we are playing at two or three yards further out because Vigaru is coming out and probably a little bit more commanding. But you've got Vigaru behind the defence and you've got Cissé in front of the defence and it makes that defence look a lot more assured and I think there's, a, again, more views coming in to kind of alluding yeah. to that. So let's start off with the match. So the match kicked off on a cold day at Brisbane Road with the O's looking to build on their 3-0 win away the previous week and make it back-to-back wins for the first time since October. So thank you to Quest TV for that stat against a Macclesfield team who were facing plenty of problems off the pitch as it was also kids for a quid day at the O's. Yeah, in the third minute, Ruel Sotoriu and Connor Wilkinson linked up nicely with the ball, eventually being played into Connor by Ruel on the right-hand side of the area, but his shot was saved by Mitchell. Superb link-up play. It was really good. Lovely little dummy from Sotoriu. Nice. nice little passing back and forth. Widowson maybe could have done a bit better there. I think if that's Sotoriu, we're probably talking about a third minute goal. Wilkinson will be shot. Yeah. I think if that falls to Saturu in the form he's in, he puts it away and we go one up in the third minute. Yeah, but a great move. It was good to see us attacking a team at the beginning. And get out good of sign of intent. Absolutely agree with you. Shake great, great composure and skill there, Royal. A little bit audacious. Like that just shows he's brimming with that much confidence. Absolutely, yeah. That he's turned the guy, nutmegged him, and then laid it off to, to Codder, who's then sort of back it back to him and then it's been played yeah, out nicely play yeah absolutely uh, we played some neat football in the first 10 or so minutes uh, as we created one clear cut chance uh, that we've just mentioned there um, yeah I mean we were looking lively I thought every time Rob was getting the ball there was a kind of a sense of expectation from the crowd um, 
but you could tell early on Macclesfield were very organised at the back and had lined up with barely any attacking threat. So you knew I was going to have plenty of the ball, plenty of possession, and it was up to I thought it was up to us to try and find a way through their defence really from the first kind of moments of the game. Yeah, and it was quite clear that was how it was going to go in that one. Yep, absolutely. Fast forwarding uh, to the 13th minutes, Craig Clay was booked for bringing down um, Gahawa on the halfway line. I don't know if that's how you pr- pronounce it, but no not idea. Really, not really important. No, 25th minute, Walter Torrey was superbly played through by Josh Wright, but Mitchell smothered the ball as Royal's first touch was just too heavy. Like I said, very patient football at this point. She needed that final ball to be played through and have a bit of composure up front. But like I said, Macclesfield... No attacking intent, really. Mm. You, you knew they were going to be happy with a point, mm. in my eyes anyway. But again, as a home team, and the team who are coming off the back of a 3 and win, it's up to us to find that killer touch, that killer through ball, and that composure to, to, to go and go ahead. Yeah, absolutely agree. 35 minutes on the clock, then Ruo Satoru faints and beats. doesn't faint and fall over. He faints and beats a couple of Macclesfield players, but his shot from the edge of the box went well over. Yeah, 43rd minute, a good chance for the Oza. Satoru was fouled about 40 yards out, Free kick is swung in from Josh Wright from the left-hand side. Wilkinson got higher than anyone else and his flick-on flew just inches wide. A bit of a similar delivery to a few of those chances and goals that we've seen. Mm. So from that ball over the left, we got a goal from Cissé last week. Right-hand swing in a mean cross. And Wilkinson, again, it's not really going his way mm. at the moment. Again, if that falls to an informed striker, it probably flies into the bottom corner. And again, we go in 1-0 just before half-time. Yeah, exactly. Two minutes of injury time are played. In the 45th minute, uh, it's in the first minute of injury time, it's the first Macclesfield chance for them as the ball came out. Uh, ball came in and Ironside's header is easy, caught by Vigaru, and the half-time whistle went shortly after as we both head in. Even Stevens nil yeah. at half-time. Decent half. I think we had, well, I don't think we had, we had the majority of the play, just couldn't find that killer ball or create that chance. Really. We didn't really test their keeper enough for all the possession that we had. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't really a half really to write home about. But yeah, you're right, we were much the better half. We had three chances to their one. We played some neat football without really having that cutting edge. Yeah. That that killer that killer instinct that we've lacked. And yeah, I, I agree. Like Wilkinson scores that goal in the third minute and he's hit that low and into the corner and the keeper's not got it, then it's a different you know, different story. But that's not what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So attendance was announced at 5,708 with 241 away fans in attendance. So there was one change at half-time as Josh Coulson replaced Dan Happy, who had taken a knock in the first half. Early chance for Macclesfield came in the 49th minute as Ganawa fired uh, over from just 10 yards. Uh, and in the 57th minute, it's the second Orient substitution as Jordan Maguire drew was replaced by Danny Johnson. Yeah, so for me, I mean, these are the games in which you want your flair players to be providing yeah. that piece of magic, that moment, and that's what JMD is. He's a, he's our flair player. Yeah. And we haven't spoken about him, not once, mm. in the match. Pretty anonymous. I not agree. sure whether that's due to the formation, might not be getting the best out of him. Because, again, he was heavily on the left yesterday, but I thought he was a right winger when he first came to us. Mm. And when he's been at his best, it's probably been as that number 10. So maybe the formation doesn't suit him. Maybe he was just marked out of the game. But Macclesfield at home, one of the teams below you in the table. You need your fair player to be doing something. And it didn't happen for JMD yesterday. I think he'll be disappointed with his performance. Would you be inclined to swap him out? Because I don't find him. But I don't find JMD particularly consistent for my liking. Would you be? Would you be inclined to maybe bring in Dayton and give Dayton that chance because he no. likes being on that side? You wouldn't because he's not a left winger. That he could cut in from the left and give you that option. Don't think so. No, I don't. I, again, was a four-three-three doesn't work with the players for me who already no. have got. Yeah. So you could put Dayton in, but it's the same. You've got a right winger playing as a left forward. Mm. Doesn't work for me. I think the best combination of the three that I have seen so far this season was in the dying stages against. I think it was Grimsby when it was a Tory Wilkinson and mm. Connor. Sorry. Satori Angle Angle and Connor mm. is the best version of the three up front that I've seen yeah. but that's not the three that we start sometimes it's the three we finish with but I don't think that's the three who Ross sees as his best three mm. for starting mm. but he's the manager he makes the calls as we said in last week's podcast yeah. yeah absolutely so after that 64th minute 
Then Ironside turned in the area, got his shot away, which was easily saved by Vigaru. For me, I, I wasn't at Stevenage the previous week, so it was the first time I'd been seen Vigaru. I thought Vigaru was really good, looked really comfortable. Defence definitely looked more assured with Lawrence behind him. I don't know whether it's Lawrence's coolness and character deferring onto the defence ahead of him. But when Maxwell were coming forward, you, I found myself quite at ease thinking they're going to get something special here to be, mm. beat this man. Yeah, but that's our luck that they just do. Yeah, absolutely. That's a bit problem. of a different mentality that I think we didn't have as fans when Brill or Sargent were in goal. Yeah. He kind of gives you a bit more kind of confidence. I think also it's the fact the unknown with Lawrence Figueroa is the fact that he's come with quite a bit of uh, hype in a sense that he's, he's had offers from League yeah, One absolutely. clubs. He's been playing at a higher level and the fact that he's taken this drop here I think there's a lot of expect the way yeah, of expectation. I agree. Massive uh, opportunity for him as well. Yeah. yeah. 68 minutes on the clock. Then a Leanne goal comes on for Connor Wilkinson in the third and final substitution for the Ozers. Ruel is now on the left. Leanne goal is in the middle, and Johnson, Danny Johnson, is on the right. So we've gone with the three up front. Yeah. And the 75th minute, the O's finally took the lead. Patient play from the O's. Angle pass to right. Right plays it to Clay. With nothing really looking on, Clay kind of looks one way and then plays a beautiful pass with the outside of his boot into the path of James Brophy, who got behind Macclesfield really for the first time in the match. We were in behind him and running onto the ball, drawn a low shot first time, spectacularly <coughs> well into the far post, flew past their keeper into the bottom corner of the net, and it's 1 0 to Orient with 15 minutes left. Superb finish from Brophy. Really good. Absolutely superb. Excellent through ball from Craig Clay. Just unlock that defence. There was that massive gaping hole in front of him. And he's put the ball, beautifully weighted ball through to him. And Brophy, like we saw Connor at a slightly almost similar angle before. And he's hit it at the keeper whereas Brophy's gone straight in the back of the onion bag. So, absolutely fantastic. Really good finish. Deserved for me. Like it was coming. And Brophy gave it the old ear cut. But I don't know who he was at doing the ear cup too I don't know if it was like in jest maybe people saying he's not a left back or whatever um, but great finish from Brophy and for me I'd love to see more of that from Craig Clay yeah and James Brophy both I, don't, I mean yeah Craig Clay as a midfielder won't get you 10 goals a season he won't get you many assists that's not the type of player he is but if he's got that in his bag then tomorrow that please Craig yeah come on absolutely agree with you absolutely agree with you um, so we're now going to fast forward to the 83rd minute Marvin Ekpeteta made a a brave block from Ganoa's shot. So if I was speaking to Adam about man in a match and I said, you know, Marvin might have a case here. For me, I thought Marvin yesterday looked really, really assured. A bit more like the Marvin that we'd seen in the National League. Don't know whether it's his confidence, his back, if he feels a bit better with Vigaru behind him or if he's proper fit now and maybe he wasn't before. But whatever was lacking from Marvin earlier in the season seems to have been returned. And maybe that's just because he's a bit more experienced and he's mm. kind of figured out how League 2 works as mm. opposed to never having played them before, obviously, but I thought Marvin had done really, really well up until mm. this point yesterday. Absolutely agree with you. 85th minute, a superb catch by Vigaru from O'Keefe's header. I mean, at this point, it's fairly comfortable, right? Like it's You won't you won't think Matrix forward are going to equalise. You're thinking, we'll probably, we've got a good chance to get in a second. But a big talking point was towards the end of the 19 minutes, the O's got a corner played it short, started running the clock down. The ball hadn't even gone up at this point. And then the ball did go up slightly after as three minutes of added time were put up on the board. Yeah, there's a few people commented about why are we playing well, there's quite a few time-wasting tactics, which we'll come on to later on. So in the 92nd minute, Macclesfield equalised as a counter-attack and a neat passing move saw Jacob Blythe played in on the right of our 18-yard box and he shot across the goal, beat Vigaru, and despite Marvin getting to the ball on the line, the ball went in off the post as Macclesfield grabbed the most unlikely of equalisers. I have to say, having watched that goal back at least three or four times, that whole move started, and I think I said it in my roundup, with Lawrence Vigaru's goal kick. Yeah. Their, their, head, their player, their beats defender, goal to the header. heads it forwards to their man, who only took seven touches, I think I counted, Three players in seven touches. Their man, who kind of unorthodox in in the way he did on. it, yeah. knocks it on. Their man takes it down, touch it into their man, takes two touches and is in. Second touch, so one touch is in, second touch is a goal. I didn't really see that goal coming, if I'm honest. I thought we were looking quite comfortable. I guess if we run the clock down and win 1-0, no one talks about the corner, which people will talk about, as you'll hear in the tweets after. 
the match, but it was just a bit too easy for Macclesfield. Like you said, directly from a goal kick, a lot of people kind of saying, where's Brophy? Well, Brophy was tracking their right midfielder, so Brophy's done the right thing. It's the ball that's played behind Coulson, who gets mm. caught in... He should have been told. Between watching the ball yeah. and the man. And to be fair, if he doesn't, if he goes to the man who ends up scoring, then there's a massive gap for the player who has the ball at that point in time. But it's a good thing. Vigoru's been criticised for their goal. I think it's hard to criticise Vigoru because I think Vigoru's had a really good game. I think it's just a good finish. And Marvin almost keeps it out, but goes in off the wrong side of the post. And from a three points and almost having two consecutive wins and a bit of momentum, it turns into a very, very different outlook because of that equaliser. However, we almost went to nick it slightly after. So a minute after, we went looking for a winner. I mean, it's one of those where as soon as they scored, it was a bit of a, like, come on now, it's just got two minutes to do it. Yeah. Brophy crossed in from the left. The ball eventually f- fell in the box to Danny Johnson, who took the shot first time, lashed his shot just wide. If that was on target, the keeper ain't getting there. With the speed the of corner. the ball, if that was a, sl- a few inches mm. more to the right, that would have gone in. And what a different outlook we were all talking about, what a different podcast we got on our hands. But the ball went wide. The full-time whistle went shortly after, as the O's had to settle for a point. After it looked like they were heading for all three, only to be denied by a late Macclesfield equaliser. So post-match yesterday, Ross Embleton spoke to Dulcet, Dave, Victor. We weren't there, but like I said, we've got Ross's post-match interview with Dave. It's about eight and a half minutes, but it's well worth a play this week. So here's what Ross Embleton had to say after the match finished. Well, Ross, thanks for joining us. There haven't been many home wins this season. That should have been one. 100% should have been, Dave. Um, And very, very frustrated because um, I think we've played well recently and a team have come here today and I think that shows how well we've been performing recently, that the respect that they showed us in terms of getting a lot of men behind the ball, uh, trying to stop us stop us from playing. I think there was one team out there that were really hell-bent on trying to win the game and there was a team out there here for, for a draw, which, which which they got. So full credit to them. So um, the message to the boys there and what the real disappointment is, is we get our noses in front, which I, I'll be honest, I didn't feel, didn't think it was, was going to come today. So my real uh, mindset was in, uh, you know, for myself was... Let's not give anything away. Let's not let ourselves down because we've done that too many times this year. Then you get we get our noses in front and you think, right, here we go. And I felt like we uh, almost waited for the equaliser to come. I felt we didn't really show enough initiative to put Macclesfield on the back foot, to really try and force Macclesfield back. I think across the first half, um, but I felt like the latter stages, the last five, ten minutes, we sort of felt or looked as if we were content to sit back and try and soak it up rather than be a bit more... Um, bit more positive in the way that we manage the game which we did really well last week seem to switch off in stoppage time is that fair yeah i agree i think like i say there i think it fits with what, what i've just said there i think we we sort of um like i say didn't really take enough to take it by the scruff of the neck and say right we haven't had a it hasn't been a great game it hasn't been an all singing all dancing performance but let's let's grind it out let's get together and and, and uh, manage the game properly um and i didn't think we did that and uh it, it just gave a, a real sloppy lazy opportunity for, for Macclesfield to get back in it. Because it was a great goal that gave Leighton Owen the advantage. Yep, I think um, another positive performance by James Brophy at left back today, uh, albeit we probably couldn't get him him up the pitch as much as we would like to in the, you know, obviously with his strengths going forward, but it showed when we get him into those areas his runs from a deeper position are real threat and I thought it was a fantastic pass from Craig Clay. Um, we talk a lot about how we how we try to break down a, a, an opposition's defence in those deep areas, and it was a great pass, great run, and a fantastic finish. You had to make a change at half time. What's the extent of the injury to Dan Happy? Well, Dan's been suffering a little bit this week with uh, a problem with his hip. So as soon as he went down, I obviously really frustrated because I thought that might be a bigger setback. But uh, meeting this in the nicest possible way, but he was suffering with real sickness. Um, we got him in at half time and uh, he just he just couldn't come back out again. He was he looked like a ghost and we uh, it would have been foolish of us to try and push him any further. What were you looking to achieve with the second half substitutes that you made? Positivity, I think like I said there, I didn't think we um Obviously, again, full respect to Macclesfield in terms of the way that they set up and stopped us today. felt a lot like it did at times last year when we played games and and teams were here to to defend deep and get men behind the ball. And I felt that we lacked, and again, it's it's credit to them, we we couldn't quite build up that intensity to our play. And I felt by uh, bringing Jordan off, he just didn't really get into the game today. I thought 
giving Danny the opportunity to to come on the top end of the pitch might give us a little bit more energy and a little bit more legs. And the same with with uh, with Lee and Connor really. Connor. Um, Connor's played a lot of football recently, uh, a lot of football in a short period of time, uh, and I felt like maybe it, it caught up with him a little bit today, and, and bringing Leon uh, felt like it might energise us a little bit. You, it did show just how much op- many options you'll have for Tuesday night when the Mansfield Town win. Very much so, Dave, and I think um, what we probably can't underestimate, albeit I feel like the mindset in the group's been a much more positive of late, um, I think the, the competition for places shows that there's very few people that are... Um, now, got a nailed down position in the team now, which probably earlier in the season you may not, may or may not have said that. So, I think that that competition for places, that new faces, new that those, you know, that new blood that's come into the group, um, can only be a positive thing. Dan Happy, will he be an absentee on Tuesday? I hope not. I hope not. I think Dan's been excellent since we moved him back into centre half after we had to fill in at left back when we lost Joe. So. Um, I am hopeful that the, that the sickness bug is just a passing thing. I, I didn't feel particularly great today. We haven't got pretty much to blame that on. So um, it's uh, hopefully something that passes and we see back, them back ready getting prepared on Monday. Are there other players that could be in contention? What's the likes of Louis Dennis, Sam Ling and, of course, Joby Mackinac? Sam's very close. He's, he's really strive, uh, striving. He's really pushing himself now. Done a lot of work yesterday. Um, we hope that potentially he will train on Monday. Um, I think it would be foolish to, to even contemplate the fact that he may be involved in Tuesday's game because at the time that he's been out, we need to make sure that he's fully fully prepared to be be back in and he doesn't suffer another setback. Joby, you can see out there behind us now, um, really pushing himself with a run-in, but not no, you know, nowhere near Tuesday yet. But he is getting stronger. The positives are coming out of every session that he does. He doesn't he doesn't feel any any difficulty with that. And, and Louis, he's a very stop-start one. It was his knee a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we got him back running and training last week. He joined in the group. And then Saturday... Uh, yeah, Saturday off my days are right. Uh, he'd, he'd done a session in the morning with the other players that weren't in the squad and, and suffered a problem with his hip. So uh, I would be very, very surprised if he were ready for Tuesday too. Psychologically, that was quite a blow in stoppage time. How difficult will it be now for yourself and for the players to react for Tuesday? Um, not, I don't think it'd be extremely difficult. I think it is a setback. I think, but um, if we're going to look at this from a positive perspective, potentially this might have been a game that we'd have lost earlier in the season, Dave. Um, so. I can, you know, there'll be people disagreeing with me and, and they've got every right to, to do so, but my job's to, to give the boys the, the information that I feel is going to help. My big pat on the back for the lads is that the performances they've put in recently led to this team, Macclesfield, coming here today and trying to make life difficult for us, and they did it very well. So um, we have to then come out and try to, to find new ways and different ways to break an opposition down because if you perform well, teams start to come and make it tough for you. So it's credit and a big pat on the back to the boys. So I don't think it'll take too much picking up. It's, 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 a, um, it's a blow. Uh, it's a kick, kick for us, but um, ultimately it was a, a game in which that we dominated. Again, we have to remember that. We had, we had the better chances and, and, and we created the better opportunities, although it wasn't to the level that we would have hoped. So uh, I feel as though they're in a positive frame of mind, albeit disappointed. Finally, Macclesfield are in a very strange position, aren't they? They've already had points deducted. They've got four points suspended. There's rumours that there'll be more punishment dished out by the Football League because games that were cancelled. Do you think it helps when sides are towards the bottom of the table that there is this delay, there is this uncertainty as what's going to happen to the Silkman? Um, yeah, first and foremost for them. Um, obviously, knowing Daryl McMahon, I know, exactly, know a lot about what the place was like and what it's been about. Um, I feel for, for, for Mark, although it's a great opportunity for him to go into that club and, and get, a, get a chance to, to manage and, and coach in the league. So I think um, I feel for the situation they're in. But at the same time, if you owe, owe people money and if you're uh, not paying people or whatever the scenario may, you may find yourselves in, then, then there's sanctions that have to be in place. There's rules. So I think um, it does create uncertainty, I think, for them. I think the other side of it as well is that everybody else wants to know where they're going. I'm sure uh, I'm probably not wrong or, or going against the crane in terms of saying that the EFL have lost the team once already this year, but again, it was another team that were breaking the rules. So the sooner there's clarification for everybody, the clearer it's going to be for everybody. And first and foremost, for the people that have to go to work every day at Macclesfield, for the coaching staff, for the, you know, the employees that they have there and the players, it's vitally important. I think they deserve a lot of credit because they keep going. It's probably galvanised the group. Well, I know it has, listening to, to what Daryl's had, had to say before he left. I know it's brought the group together. Um, but unfortunately, or, or for whatever way you want to look at it, it's, it's not right. Laws have been broken, rules have been broken, so there needs to be um, 
decisions made and the sooner the better I think it is for, for, for everybody in the game Thanks Ross Thank you. So that was Ross Hamilton speaking to Dave Victor after yesterday's match and thanks as always to Dave for sending over that interview Absolutely so the league table uh, and that draw means that the O's are now 19th place uh, in the Football League as we've now played 32 games 8 wins 11 draws and 13 losses We've accumulated 35 points off the back of that and a goal difference, unfortunately, minus nine at the moment as we sit 13 points above the relegation place and about 13 points behind the last player yeah. place as well. So we're kind of like mid-table in that regard, aren't we? Bang middle. Your views on yesterday? So for me, a game that won't really live too long in the memory, I think really, if I'm being honest, and I did think once we'd gone a goal ahead, that would be enough. So it was a one goal. Game swing it. I thought Vigoro played really well. First time I've seen him. I thought Marv was looking back to his old self, like I've said. I thought Clay, deservedly for me, got manned in the match, actually. I thought he marshaled the midfield really well. Gets a great assist. More of that, please, from Craig. Yeah. And Saturi looked dangerous when he when he had the ball. And I thought, you know, we had I, we don't do our notes until after we win, but I was thinking, right, this is a great win. It's, a, it's something that we haven't seen late in Orient do enough in League yeah. 2 this season. Like, not played well, but win. Um, but football, you know, it's a funny old game. It's a funny old game. Very cruel. And all it needs is a moment of quality or a lapse of concentration. I think we saw both really. A lapse of concentration with our defence and a moment of quality when they got around the back of us to Not score. Not for the first time though. Yeah. This season. It's a reoccurring theme in a lot of games. That the goals that we've conceded have been because we've lapsed in concentration. We've switched off at a vital time or we've not been clinical enough at the other end. Absolutely. And I think... <clears throat> Because the goal came so late, it feels like a loss. Yeah, it feels like a really downbeat performance. When you know, if the full time was spent in the night, first minute, we'd be talking about a win. Yeah. Um, but it was a real chance for me to build some momentum, and if we we'd gone into this week with two wins on the trot, I think it would have carried us really into a good mind frame for Mansfield on Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For me, it'd be interesting to see if Ross changes things on Tuesday night. It doesn't sound like Happy will be ready to play, so that might force his hand. But whether he keeps the four three three, whether he keeps JMD, whether he keeps Wilkinson, some big choices to make. He's obviously mm. got Angle back fit. He's got Johnson, who looks like he's ready to go. Willowson must think, be fit by now. It might not be hundred percent match fit, but physically he's probably yeah. ready to go. So some big choices to make. He could go uh, Willowson as left centre back. Yeah, of course he could. Unless he goes with yeah. um, Josh Coulson. He's got he's got a few options to uh, make. And I think to round it off, thanks to our podcast sponsors, AJF Plastering, for inviting us into hospitality for yesterday. Um, like we've said, it's good to actually. I've never spoken to Josh Caroma before, but Josh Caroma was at the game. Actually, when I ever spoke to Josh, who's a really nice. Young man, very quiet, really yeah. quiet. Um, and I actually spoke to Lance Vigaru. I told him he's only played two games, but I love him so far. <laughs> which he laughed. He doesn't know who I am. Kind of was like, who's this mental uh, random guy? And it was nice to catch up with Stu and Super Harry Hebron. Yes, very much Amongst so. others. So all in all, a very nice day. Kind of slapped by a very late equaliser. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not a great game at all, really. Devoid of much entertainment and flair against the side who, despite having six points deducted and are below us, looked like they'd really, as Ross said, come to play for a draw. Great goal from Brophy. The pass from Clay was superb and Brophy's finish topped it all off. But it's a shame it took us till the 75th minute to take the lead. Having watched the highlights a few times, I've mentioned this. Their goalkeeper, uh, their goal comes from our goal kick. Um, I think I think James and uh, Brophy and, and course will be disappointed um, with that with that goal and how that's all come about. And despite Marv's best efforts to keep it out, just couldn't do it. Even I saw Cisse gest- gesturing to Brophy like, you know, oh, okay. The arm, I didn't like, say what, that. What, okay. what, what, what you doing there, kind of thing. Okay. But I think as we've possibly asserted before, that Brophy was following. Brophy's his, on his, his man was the man that's kicked it on, and Brophy was getting close to him. I mean, you'd argue now in hindsight, with the value of hindsight that he didn't need to do that and he should have perhaps been left further back and yeah. Ciso should be doing that job. But there you go. I don't I don't know tactically whether that's right or not. Um, like you said earlier, I thought Marv was very composed, very assured at the back yeah. and maybe I think you're right. It helps having Ciso in front and Lawrence Vigaru behind him that he can just get it clear or he knows that he's only going to be needed in the last 
man standing kind of thing because yeah. Us or, or Lawrence if it's going to be a long distance shot will, will be there to deal with it um, again like everyone's about to say in the uh, fan tweets that we're about to read about running the clock down uh, get time wasting tactics but it's just a little bit off and a little bit blatant wasn't it it's just a little bit not something that's nice to watch and absolutely uh, echo your thanks to um, to Adam for um, for, for inviting us uh, to be part of your uh, match hospitality to, uh, group uh, and yeah I do feel it's two points dropped as well I absolutely think that as well uh, we had all three they were there for the taking they didn't really offer much but I am pleased that we're not talking about a loss yeah I agree with you in that respect in that regard yeah well it does feel like a bit of a loss it does in a way yeah it does because we've lost two points absolutely we yeah. shouldn't have lost so those were so our those views yeah. yeah your views a lot Lots of views. As normal, to be fair. So thanks for all the views that came into our social media accounts. Again, we try and read as many as possible, and just because we read them does not mean we agree with them. Absolutely. So we'll start off with one, Adam Conway, the birthday boy, who said, shocking performance with a fully deserved equaliser. Brophy's goal only highlighted why he shouldn't be a defender. Matty, LOFC Evans said, we've got four points from the last two games against teams expected to battle bravely for their league status over the next few months. We won't beat every team 3-0 and play them off the field every game. It's about establishing a strong foothold for next season and a point today helps this. That should have been our final word. That was brilliant. That's, uh, that's brilliant a very tweet, good yeah. tweet we've had this week. Steve Hinchcliffe 6 says, it's not rocket science, no creative midfield players, no goal scorers. Forget last week, Stevenage were garbage. This is the reason we're down the bottom. George Nicholas underscore one said, we seem to be playing a game of patience. How could we switch off like that in a crucial moment? Who was talking and keeping everyone focused? I appreciate Brophy has done well at left back, but we are wasting him. His pace and energy is needed in midfield. Yeah, Dan Alton, 2590, says one step forward and two steps back. Let's be honest, we never deserved to win the game in a million years. The first five minutes and the goal aside, we were awful. And after that equaliser, the course for Widdowson to come in and for Brophy to move up will be louder than ever. But that's what good teams do, though. Good teams don't play well and win 1-0. They grind out and results. And then the teams yeah. that will ultimately end up in the playoffs or automatic yeah. because they grind, yeah, they grind out the True. results. Yeah, absolutely. True against us. Scored two goals yeah. against us and didn't deserve to win that yeah, game. Point. That's, that's just how it goes. Uh, underscore Shivan Pathak said, how did it end like that? Dreadful game management. Why on earth was the ball in the corner before the time, uh, the added time board gets raised? Times were... We were in uh, charge times. We made uh, made them look good. Sense of inevitability about it from the way we played post goal. Yeah, the menace eighteen eighty one was not happy. So Dennis said, "Don't mess about at the corner flag when the ball hasn't even gone up. Waste of time and gives the opposition very, completely the wrong message. Very poor today. So I wonder if we got the draw and not wasted, gone down to play the clock. If some of these sweeps wouldn't have been so negative." A lot of people were just not happy with the way we played post. Mm. Say if we went one up and then battered them and hit the post and their keeper makes another great save and then we can see the late equaliser, I think it'd be more positive. Well, but it's a fact, about once we go wasted, one up, yeah. there's, we haven't really spoken about another chance to kill the game off. But we've just spoken about trying to run the clock down and we've conceded the equaliser. Except Danny we're Johnson. Just, no we're one's talking about Danny Johnson's miss. If yeah. that goes in, it's a different game. Yeah, yeah. it's all, all, all lift butts and maybes. Record Blue App said, complete non-event of a game with some appalling game management at the end, def- uh, def- uh, defending a lead. Uh, very disappointing. LOFC 1978 says, really poor today. Brophy was the man of a match by a mile. Midfield always going sideways. Marv decent at the back. Royal worked hard. Keep ball in the 88th minute. It was farcical. Never deserved the win. We ultimately didn't get poor management now there was a lot of tweets as well about man and a match and I don't know if that's because our podcast sponsor selected him I don't know if that's because people knew we were with Adam when the match man and the match got announced but I thought it should have been Brophy more than normal more tweets than normal about man of the match yeah yeah well there you go <laughs> Lou Bear 84 said the first half great pass from Brophy to score poor time wasting uh, sorry flat first half great pass from Brophy to score poor time wasting then threw the game away Normally respect the point, but should have been all free. Ruel was my man of the match. He doesn't stop working. Good point about Ruel. Yeah. Always looks lively and dangerous. It's like Macabon, like we said yeah. before, or Ross might have said it last all week. All over, yeah. Late and underscore. Yes. 
Shockingly bad performance against a terrible team. Vigoury, possibly the only player with a double-figure meaningful pass completion. Mm. A pedestrian Davies-esque display. You was commented about Lawrence Vigoury's kicking out. Very good. passing, the accuracy. I there, remember. There was a few... He obviously knows where Brophy... Obviously, he's played with Brophy before at Swindon, as Ross said last week. There was a few times in the game where he just launched it straight into... Brophy's path where he knew Brophy was going to be he's got his distribution I thought was very good yesterday very good Connor Monk underscore said a win would have only papered over the cracks of a terrible lacklustre performance should have gone out and killed the game off but this one up front at home is so painful to watch Wilkinson isolated for most of the game yeah interesting view finding it hard at the moment is old Connor Paul Skinner 88 says the moment Brophy was able to play half a minute on the wing we looked dangerous other than that it was turgid Wright, Angle and Satoru are to blame for their goal faffing around trying to time waste and failing absolute nonsense football Watson Watson 0202 said a frustrating match to say the least lots of sideways passes and those corner flag tactics before the board went up were poor when we should have been chasing the second goal well done Brophy for his goal but we should be celebrating three points yeah very good tweet there at Daniel underscore D44 says poor game management faffed about by the corner flag in the 86th minute yet somehow got caught out on account of an injury time Clay and Brophy were superb but playing 4 3 3 with three defensive midfielders is too negative. The three forwards were far too apart and it didn't work. Good points there. The three are very negative. Well, I guess the three are defensive because otherwise it's a 4 2 1 3. Well, I think Oos is effect. the one. I think, it's, I think it's more diamond esque at times because Oos will, be will be the man that sits back and then you've got um, Josh Wright and Craig Clay who will. So probably a 4 1 2 3, isn't it? Really yeah, but I think guy. the point is Clay. He's never going to shoot. There were a few times yesterday where if you've got someone who can strike a ball from distance, they yeah. would have punted it. Yeah. Craig Clay doesn't... When those situations arise, Craig Clay, even though he looks up, will not take the shot on yeah. because he's not that kind of midfielder. Yeah. Wright was doing that and it seems to have stopped. So Wright got... A, someone tweeted us, at, I don't think it's in our, in our tweet, but... So earlier in the season, Wright was getting the ball in those situations and banging them in like against Crawley earlier in the season where he just took it first time. Now when those chances come, he doesn't really look for the shot. He looks to pass it out. Right. And that might that might be a tactical instruction. So look, Clay and Josh, when you get it in these situations, just don't shoot. Out. Just try and get it out wide and make yeah. you run into the run into the box. But I thought that was a good good point. There. Yeah, absolutely. MS Orient got in touch and said lack of creativity out on the park versus a very four out of ten Macclesfield. They were 100% there for uh, for the taking. Not one player grabbed the ball by the horns and wanted it enough. You've got to question our ability in front of goal. Too many pedestrians wandering around. And if you're looking for positives, James Brophy, outstanding. George Marsh, outstanding. And Craig Clay had a very good game. When you have three or four turn up on a Saturday, it's going to be a very drab and boring performance. I thought Marsh actually done quite well. We've not really spoken about George Marsh. Marsh, I thought, looked quite assured on, on the right. Done well. Lee Boyce, 23, says, Poor game management from certain players at the end. Cost us a deserved win. Keeping the ball in the corner before the added minutes was shown was ridiculous. And again, players switched off defensively in the final minutes. But on the whole, looking a lot better under us like, like you can see the performances are getting better Yeah, and I think you know you can say CSA's made a difference Vigory's made a difference maybe having players back who have previously been injured is making a difference I, I think everyone can see the improvement being made it's just now the results have to come with that improvements yeah. in performances like we've said before Port Vale fans said oh you played really well but we lost and crew crew fans said you played really well but we lost I'd rather have the you didn't play so well today but you won like, like what yesterday would have been had like the crew manager I'd rather be the crew manager saying we were terrible today but we scored two goals and taken three points yeah all, all day long Mintower 73 said look to me that the players have gone back into their we won't go down so no need to put a shift in mode what does worry me though is we seem to have a load of strikers but lack anyone to feed them the ball yeah I like it very good point Vince Les OK 52 said Macclesfield with the poorest team at Brisbane Road this season and we can only force two shots on goal that's a very good good point. They're fed up with saying this. Brophy needs to be high up the pitch as the forwards are being starved of any decent crosses into the box. But given we're practically safe, it's about building for next season. 
Orient Bullbag says, try to remain upbeat, but it's so frustrating watching this. It's like Groundhog Day when it comes to playing at home, the same issues every game. Where would we be without Brophy, the only player that seems to know how to attack the opposition? Cookie 2411 says, Angle and Walkinson to the bench. Woodhouse back to left back. Give Brophy the freedom to destroy them down the left. Just do it. Yeah, Veggie Jones, a controversial opinion. I think James Brophy is turning out some great performances from left back and it's allowing him to have a much bigger impact on games than he did from left midfield. Inspired decision from Ross Embleton. Yeah, interesting there. Very like, contrary. He's doing well. I think that's the problem. He's doing so well that Ross obviously wants to keep him where he is. Jamie Stripe this is really disappointed from the overall performance. Jamie Dean Wilkinson should be looking to impose themselves in a game like today. Brophy standout has improved considerably over the past month but again alluding to JMD you're the flair player you're the player who gets the assists yeah you didn't do anything in yeah. an hour yeah <laughs> that's that's what Martin said in 200 was about judging him on yeah. what he does going forwards and, and if he's not doing anything going forwards then he's not doing well enough yeah absolutely ultimately Ted Talks Orient said we got what we deserved as soon as we started time wasting with corners we all knew what was going to happen we should have the confidence to act like a home team who are 1-0 up against lesser opposition and go for the jugular and this was tweeted us us today got quite a lot of uh, retweets and likes from Paul 512705 it said Brophy to left wing Wellows on left back drop right JMD to the right Johnson rule up top on Tuesday square pegs and square holes Round pegs and round holes. Have a go. Win the game. Simple. But Josh Wright is, is like our leading goal scorer. Granted, some of them from penalties, but he's also got some good assists to his name as well. Are you really telling me that you're going to drop Josh Wright? Honestly. It depends. If you're going to play a 4-4-2, then it, then it has to be a, a, a consideration. I don't think Ross is going to play 4-4-2 anyway, but if, if Orient fans are looking on paper and going, you're going to play 4-4-2, then CSA... It's probably the first name you put in centre midfield. Correct. Then you go, right, you're going to play Clay or Wright. And again, it's hypothetical. But after Saturday, who would you play Clay or Wright? Based yeah, but you can't do it after. Yeah, based on the performance of Saturday, I'd go Craig Clay. But based overall on the season, you've got to go Josh Wright because Josh Wright's assisted and scored more goals than, than, than Craig Clay has. And, and JMD, who's had an underwhelming impact, shall we say, on our performance, you're going to have him in over... Like a Dayton, give Dayton a chance. I'd have JMD over Dayton. Oh, see, I wouldn't. I prefer James. I'm, I just prefer James Dayton. I prefer the flair of James Dayton over Jordan. Bakes and trust, my friend. Absolutely. Kevin Cowland tweeted in in the penultimate tweet this week. He said, frustrating and disappointing not to see out a game. We should have won. But how is Ross to blame for all that nonsense in the last few minutes down by the corner flag? I'm sick of the poison spouted on social media by people who can't possibly be real fans of our club. On to Tuesday. Do you know what? I'm quite surprised that Dave Victor did not ask Ross Embleton if that corner flag was a tactic. Because I Dave's normally very on it. Yeah. But just to... The perception is that that is a tactic that Orient have played. Because that's what we played. And whether or not Ross has said that, it would have been nice to have a bit of clarity behind it. Because that way you can go, well, Ross didn't say that. That was just what the players decided. Or... If Ross did say he said it, then he's open to criticism. But at the time now, like you can see, loads of criticism. But we don't know if that was an actual instruction or if they just were doing that because they thought the game was maybe further along mm. than what it was. Mm. Be interesting for context. So the final word this week goes to David Ricard Aces, who said, although we didn't see out the game and were far from our best, it's a game we might have lost a month ago. Overall, the patterns of play and organisation are improving and I feel we are slowly heading in the right direction for next season. Patience is needed. Hashtag Team Ross. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out. A lot of talking points there in terms yeah, of the right. tactic, the players, the lineup. You know, Formation. We've just had a discussion whether you go for JMD or dating going forward. Does JMD do enough? Does Wilkinson do enough? Should Angle be in the team? Where should Satori play? Does Clay play? Does Wright play? Lots and lots of talking points. So let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. Yeah, you absolutely can. Prediction League uh, update now for you. Floodgates and Leon Oresti were the only two who predicted a one-all draw. So well done to you two. Uh, you get three points and that now means the top of the Prediction League is as follows. Floodgates is now in the lead on 21 yeah. Points. East London Exile and Steve Chaplin 4 are joint second on 19 points and in, on, uh, with 16 points to their names. Spenno 011 
and Wings Mad on 16 points there. So thank you to everybody who sent in their prediction yes, we're uh, ahead of the game. To today, Sunday the 9th of February, and a happy first birthday to our sponsor's son, who we met yesterday, little Freddie Francis. A happy birthday to Freddie. We hope you had a good one visiting the Brave Group Stadium yesterday and meeting all the players in the dressing room and getting your face marked in ink when they signed your face <laughs> instead of the shirt. But now I think you got the pen. Yeah, grab the pen. The O's ladies match uh, against Norwich was postponed due to the Storm Cara uh, today here in the UK. The next game for the O's ladies will be the Capital Cup quarterfinal. That's against Dulwich Hamlet on Sunday the 16th of February. And just while you pad, I'm going to find out if that's home or away because I can't. Fine. So we were obviously... Uh, be reporting on that this time next week. So time to wrap up this podcast at 54 minutes. Let's try and bring it in under an hour. So fantasy football update. So Andy Chalk is top of the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league on 1,556 points, just three points ahead of Pat Morgan in second place. I'm in 128th place out of 284 plays. And dream team update, our Hawks is top of the Orient Outlook podcast dream team league on 462 points, nine points ahead of Ben Boatman in second place. I'm in 24th place out of 87 players. Doing well. Uh, yeah, can't see where the ladies are, home or away, but their Twitter uh, account will probably Absolutely. tell you that. So moving on then uh, to wrapping this up, the positives and the negatives. We only came up with two positives this week, and that's four points from our last six that were available, and we are 13 points above bottom place. But as we said earlier also, yeah. Also, only 13 points away from the playoff. And I was looking at the last playoff place, which might be a little bit too happy-clappy to be thinking of that. No but chance. When you look at where we could be with three points and other results going our way, we could be 14th, 15th soon. Yeah, that's the most... That's, that's, that's a really comfortable position to be in. That's the most frustrating thing about yesterday. So tight. It's so tight. Yeah, it really could be. So negatives in. So firstly, we didn't win on Saturday and that's two points drop, like you've just said. Yeah. You know, we should be talking about a win. Second negative, injury to Dan Happy. Yeah. Which doesn't sound too bad, and to Matt Harold, so we hope they are back in the squad sooner rather than later. And the third negative, still no Danny Webb announcement. So that is taking its time. Obviously, going through some kind of legal process, but it would be nice to have some clarity and to put that one to bed. Absolutely. So, moving on now to our hero of the week, and I think we were pretty unanimous yeah, we were. Uh, in this regard. So, my Orient Man of the Match from yesterday is James Brophy, <laughs> uh, who I spoke to yesterday, and I told him oh, he, yes, was we did, yes. the, he yeah. was my Man of the Match. So, next week's fixtures then? Yeah, busy week at the O's. Two fixtures coming up. Firstly, we entertain Mansfield Town Tuesday, the 11th of Feb at Brisbane Road. So, despite we being one of the pre-season favourites for promotion, Mansfield a 21st in League 2 after a one-all away draw at Morecambe on Saturday. So if you see us in or around the ground, why not come and say hello or even give us an oi oi. We will be in the pizza stand. Oh, we're in the third dugout, aren't we? <laughs> we are in the third dugout. So thank you to Energy Bet. We will be with competition winners James Cabby and his friend Greg. Looking forward to that one. So if you see us in there, give us an oi oi. And if... Uh, yeah, we have another match following on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. So a sponsorship reminder, don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads, LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering, need, rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 208. It was a fairly quiet week at the club as fan expectation was high going into the Macclesfield game following the previous week's emphatic win over Stevenage but a late equaliser saw the O's denied all three points in a game they looked certain to win which saw Orient criticised for their performance and time wasting tactics yeah so it's a busy week now coming up for the team with two difficult fixtures ahead as we entertain Mansfield on Tuesday like we've said and then we travel to Cheltenham which we really didn't talk about so Cheltenham they are in the last playoff place. That's going to be a difficult game there. Seventh. Yeah. Obviously, a nice little relationship now building up with Cheltenham due to the flag that they gave us on the first day of the season. Yeah. So it'll be nice to go there. And if you're going, have a safe journey. So to round off, then, if you listen on iTunes, please subscribe. Give our podcast a review. And if you do that, we give you a nice little shout-out at the start mm. of the pod. If you listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn or Stitcher, 
add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they're uploaded. We're also on smart speakers so you can listen on your Google Echoes, your Amazon Alexas or whatever else you have got and listen to the podcast has never been easier. And if you have an older relative, a loved one, an orange chum or anyone who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone and download it for them and pass the pod. So we'll be back with episode 209, swiftly moving through the 200s now, yeah. next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. And we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.